Junior yeah. butt. What are you doing? Hi. Hi, baby. Hi. What are you doing? I want to hand on my shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hand. I miss yeah. you. I miss you. I love you. What is up? What is up? What is up? This is John. And this is Joe. And this is the Eye to Eye podcast. What y'all just heard was a FaceTime call to my son. I haven't been able to see him in a few weeks because I've been quarantining. I am sick right now. I miss him a lot. I hear you, man. I hear you. I can't imagine going a day really without seeing my kids. How many weeks has it been? You said... I think my last time actually like having him here, I think that was the 8th of July. Yeah, man, I can't do it. Like waking up without hearing uh, when my little one sees me first thing in the morning, man, just mm-hmm. the, the initial reaction, just a little, hey, mm-hmm. it's just enough. It sets me up for a good day hearing his voice. Man, like as y'all heard. He can't really say much. He he has a nice little vocabulary, but when he starts to get a whole sentence out, it turns into that. And that first thing in the morning, all you hear is that. Just a bunch of noises from my little man, my little junior butts. I miss him so much, man. This is ridiculous. And what's crazy is, like, I didn't even plan to have any kids in my life. Like, I didn't plan to have any children. I didn't want no kids. I was on the opposite end of the spectrum where – I knew that I wanted kids eventually. Me and my wife, we did want, uh, I mean, I already had Kadir, my stepson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like to call him, he's my bonus kid and I'm his bonus dad. So when I first met them, it, that relationship kind of just started off as like a little buddy and it just, we clicked instantly, man. It was It was easy to build a relationship with him. He started to like the things that I liked and I started to learn his likes and dislikes and it really just kind of flowed easily, man. And I really, it was just kind of meant to be, you know, like it's one thing when a relationship is meant to be, but this is my first, this was my first experience ever dating somebody that had kids Mm -hmm. and to be able to not have any issues with, you know, the children not liking you or, I'm, I'm sure that plays a huge factor. Biologically speaking, I did know I wanted kids. It's just neither of the three times we got pregnant was it planned. Per yeah, see, see me? I didn't want kids. I didn't want to be nobody's stepdad, and I didn't want to be nobody's real dad. I was so strong on not having kids, and now that I have a son, I cannot imagine life without my boy. I 100% agree, man. But like, <laughs> It's a, it's hard to explain. It is. It's, it's, it's really, real hard to explain. Unless you have kids, you don't really know the feeling we're talking about. And people like to try to compare it to like, oh, I have a dog. Oh, I have a fish. Oh, I have a hamster. I have pets. I love my pets. I can't see myself without my pets. That stuff don't got nothing to do with what we're talking about. You don't know what it is to have a kid 
unless you have a kid, like you said. Right, right. Somebody that it's an unconditional love. Probably in this lifetime, one of the few times you'll experience an unconditional love for you. Mm-hmm. Your child might, you know, get fussy or get upset with you, but at the end of the day, all they want you to do is is love them. Mm-hmm. And that is the best feeling. Like no matter what, you're their superhero, That's even when they're true. mad at you. It's kind of hard, like soaking this in to even just think about the topic. Like why it's even important to me. You know, this is one of the best things that I've ever done in my life is to be a dad, to be a husband, like the whole family package thing. But being a dad specifically, it changed my life. Like it gave me it gave me more of a meaning to to push myself to be a better person. You wanted to do something more with yourself. Yeah, I feel the same exact way, man. Like with me, I can say it changed me as well, because I'm a person that never had patience when it came to kids, man. I feel like, yo. Just know it. Like, just do what I'm telling you to do. <laughs> Other people's kids, man. Yeah, that's how it usually yeah. is. Like, yo, just get away from me, please. Yeah. And now, like I said, I'm a cable guy, right? I deal with people all the time. A lot of people have kids. So I'm doing my job. I might be in a bedroom or something under somebody's bed. And all you hear is, what's that? What's that? <laughs> hey, what's that? What's that? And I'm under that bed, like, if you don't leave me the fuck alone. But I don't say it, but I'm just like, <laughs> I just don't say anything. But, I mean, after having Junior, it's like, now when I go to somebody's house and I see their kid and they're asking me, what's this? What does that do? What does that do? That looks cool. How do you use that? I'm looking at this kid like, you mean the world to somebody in this house. Yeah. And I would hate for somebody to come into my house and treat my son the way I used to treat other people's kids. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can say that it, it made me it made me a better person, I will say that much. And it gave yeah. me a lot more patience. That's good. I kind of feel like like for me, I try to because I definitely feel you. I used to be kind of irritated by other people's kids. Like I didn't have as much patience outside of my family. Mm-hmm. Close friends, like I didn't have a lot of patience for kids because they were loud and just it's it's a lot of energy that goes into these kids. Not having my own kind of made me not understand or even want to understand what it's like to what their even even their way of thinking is like right why can't you just like you said earlier why can't you just listen to what i said well because they got like a thousand questions running through their head mm-hmm. about everything that you just <laughs> just told them to do like <laughs> so i don't know man did you do you think that you want any more uh, now see me like I said, bro, I love my son, but I don't know if I can raise another junior, man. <laughs> I don't know if I can restart this whole process. I feel like if it was to happen, like, all right, so junior, like I said, he wasn't playing. I feel like if it was to happen, I would be more than willing to, you know, accept my my second child. Yeah. But to sit there and plan it. Uh, I might get in trouble for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, I feel the same. And my wife feels the same. Mm-hmm. Like, originally, we didn't want to have kids immediately. But, you know, things just played out. We actually lost two pregnancies mm-hmm. before him. So during that pregnancy, we were terrified the whole term. Terrified of any little thing that happened. 
And so for me, his life has so much value from the moment we found out that she was pregnant. So it was like protecting them at all costs, put your feet up, don't do nothing. Like this was my approach. And so from the time that we found out she was pregnant towards the end, I had settled down. And then when he got here, it just became like a whole different experience, man. Like we were concerned a little bit about how the transition would be for his brother too. Being that, you know, I was kind of, it was, you know, our relationship and everything was still kind of new when we got married. And for him to now have to share me, we were a little concerned about that. But he immediately took to his brother from the moment he was born. He didn't want to leave the hospital. He stayed in the waiting room with my mom the entire day until he was able to see his brother. So it it starts kind of at that age, man. You fall in love with your, your younger sibling and develop like that protection that you have instinctively as a father. And I see me, I was so against having kids. When I found out my wife was pregnant, I'm like, um, she came to me with a pregnancy test. And my very first immediate reaction was like, what the fuck is this? Whose is this? Did you find this somewhere? This this ain't yours. (laughs) I know it ain't yours. This can't be yours. I'm not going to say I was mad, but I was in complete disbelief. Yeah. And it kind of sucks for her, I will say that, because I was in disbelief up until about a month after Junior was here. Wow. Yeah, so it's like, so it I really... For sure. Huh? It changed you for sure. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. But I never really been around people who were pregnant, and I didn't really know how much it affected you, like how much it changed the woman. Yeah. I never knew that. So I'm just like, yo, you're being extra. You know, I wouldn't say it to her. I was just thinking like, oh my gosh, she's being so extra right now. And in reality, she really wasn't. I was just being numb to the whole thing because I didn't believe it. Yeah. You felt it was almost like out of body experience or something. Yeah. Even when Junior was here, like I, I seen him come out, like I saw the entire thing. And I don't understand how guys were like, oh, I passed out. Oh, I can't look at that. Oh, I can't this. I can't that. Sorry about that. Guys be like, oh, I can't see that stuff happening. And it's just like, it's really not that bad at all. It's really not. The point of me saying this is when Junior came out, it still didn't click. Like, this is my son. Wow. It was like, it was was up until like a month after. It was like, I don't know what I'm holding. I'm standing there. I I forget where I was. I'm just holding him. I'm looking at him like, yo, this little boy is beautiful. This is mine. You feel me? And I'm just like, damn, I did this with Geneva. Like, we we created a a fucking human. Yeah. But like I said, the whole pregnancy, I'm sorry, Geneva. I didn't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm being real. This man had alternative facts, like he was Donald Trump or something. (laughs) (laughs) But I I mean, you know, it was different. I don't know how it would have been for me. I think I still would have been super excited, but the level of importance for the pregnancy with Judah was like another level after losing the two. And um, I think after the first one that we lost, I was in the same feeling as you sort of, I didn't understand a lot of what she was going through. She was grieving and uh, I was upset too, but I didn't understand as much. And we actually ended up going to counseling because I worked at the hospital and one of the nurses recommended to go to this counseling session. And I was sitting there listening to everything. And that's when it had hit me. That's when I understood that I had feelings about it too. 
And the second one was just really very difficult. We knew she was pregnant and these were like back to back, like maybe within like a month or two months from each other. We knew she was pregnant, so we went to the hospital because she was in pain. But we weren't thinking anything of it. Like, we thought maybe it was just normal, part of the pregnancy and everything. And we got there. And basically, I, I really want to leave this story for her to tell at some point when she gives her gives her own story. But basically, we had to, we couldn't keep that baby. We had to terminate that pregnancy. Damn. And I feel sorry because my son had the experience at Kadir. He was there for all of that. And it was a moment where we had stepped out into the hallway because his mom wasn't for it. And I had to talk to him and explain to him. He knew what was going on because the doctor just messed up, came in and said, you basically told her, if you don't terminate this pregnancy, you're going to die. And oh, it was that bad. It was that bad. Right. Like right in front of him. He's in the room with us and everything. Wow. And my thinking was, if... I don't terminate this pregnancy, I'm going to lose her. And I can always have another baby, but I can't get another her. And so I took him out in the hallway and I asked him if he understood what was going on. And he did. And I had to tell him that we couldn't keep this baby. And he started to cry there and I cried and it was a moment. And then after we were done, I had to tell him, I was like, so we're going to go back in there and we're going to be strong for mom because she can't be strong right now. And when we went back in there, man, he dried his tears before we went in there. He went back in and didn't shed another tear. I never seen him cry again about that after that. He was just very uh, helpful, just helpful through the whole time. He was doing stuff for her when we got back home and just very, if I needed him to do anything, he was there. Um, And I seen the man in him. And I think at the time he was on like seven or eight or something like that. And it really just showed me like it, I grew such a great appreciation for him as a person, like a little person, man. Yeah. How strong he was. And I feel bad because that's something that I would have never wanted him to experience, but life happens and stuff happens. It just, I think made our bond stronger. Strong kid, man. Yeah, he is. Now what's we, we go through, well, I can't say we, you went through a lot to have yours. And like I said, mine was not planned. I feel like if these kids knew what we had to go through, they wouldn't stress us the hell out as much as they do, bro. (laughs) I don't think I've ever been so stressed in my life with someone so tiny. I'm holding this kid in my hand, one hand. And this little boy has me sleep deprived. He has me damn near crying at night. He crying. She crying. I'm looking at both of them. I'm about to cry my damn self. We all need a bottle. <laughs> we all need a bottle of something different. He need his little Similac. She need her bottle. I need my bottle. Man, the stress that comes with this stuff is ridiculous. And these these moms today, like these new moms, they don't get it, yo. Nah. They don't. And I, I can't even say just the moms. It's the it's the both the parents. They think it's cute. It's 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 a lot, man. It's a lot. And that's definitely something these dudes, like, y'all don't know what y'all are doing by getting these girls pregnant and what you're putting them through. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it takes two to tango, right? Like, but please, if you're not in a position, like, and you're never prepared to have No, kids. You're no. You're never prepared. No time I, is ever going to be the right time. 
listen, I don't care how many books you read. I don't care how many videos you watch. I don't care what little, uh, what's them programs called when you go down there and you do breathing exercises and all that stuff. I don't care how much of that, you, all that shit is out the window. Your baby is different from everyone else's baby in those books, those videos, those classes. You are never going to be prepared for this. Like they help, but they don't help much. And like, all right, so like how you were saying you were still in disbelief, mm-hmm. right? I really was kind of, Phoenicia had to give me like a little pep talk when we brought the baby home. Like I was real hands off in the beginning because I'm like, yo, I don't know what I'm doing. And and I don't know if you know, yo, I don't hold new babies. Like, Man. I don't even hold new babies. It's this meme of a guy holding this little slug looking thing, looking mm-hmm. in disbelief. That's me. So for like the first I don't know, a couple of weeks of Judah's life. I didn't know, like changing diapers, man. I, I was up, I'm like, yo, I'll run and make the bottle. I'm doing whatever I can, but I want to pass them off to you. Yeah. And then one day she was like, she had enough. And she just was like, yo, I'm going out. And I was like, what I'm supposed to do? She's like, you'll figure it out. And she just did. And it was just me and him. I'm just <laughs> standing there. I'm just standing there holding them. And so I go sit down and I am terrified. I don't know where Kadir is at the moment. I think somebody took him. So that we could like, you know, adjust to the baby at home. But man, I sat there and I had that moment like where you were saying you were standing holding Junior. I was holding Judah sitting on the couch and he has his arms kind of like behind his head, like he's just chilling. Yeah. Like he's just looking at me, sucking his pacifier, and I'm looking at him. And that was just that moment where I'm like, This is like I created this. Right. Yep. So we made this. And I'm like, I had to pep talk myself, like, yo, you gotta get it together. Like, I know you're, you know, you didn't really do babies much when they're little, but this is yours. Like, you had mm-hmm. every bit of the make, you know, you made this. And from that point on, man, I forced myself. Like, I'm one of those people, if I don't necessarily like doing something, I have to force myself to do it because it'll make me a, a tougher individual. And that was one of them things, like, man, changing them diapers and giving them medicine and stuff, like, even giving them a bath, yo. Yeah, man, I don't even terrifying want to go there. <laughs> it was terrifying, yo. Like I said, if like the first month of Junior's life, I'm like, man, listen, I'm I'm not holding them. I'd like like you, I'll make the bottle. Yeah. I'll do that. And when it came yeah. to changing diapers, I'm like, you want me to touch that? He just shit. And you want me to touch all of it? What's crazy is, is like I didn't even realize until now how much better i had it back then like it is horrible now he turned into a little like incredible hawk crocodile. oh yeah oh yeah and the poops ain't cute no more that's grown mm. man poops Mm-mm. i remember it used to take me a whole pack of wipes to change one diaper yo it was, <laughs> it was real i remember we were what was it like i think you called me he was like yo how many uh wipes it take you to change a poopy diaper now I was like, yo, I never even thought about that before. But it, <laughs> I definitely got the number down now. Them Johns is vicious now, though. Like, he, uh, the number is going back up. I think he's he's definitely ready for the potty now. Did yeah, we're, we're trying that with Junior. Well, Geneva's been trying it with him, you know, because I'm, you know, <laughs> here. I understand. But um, she said that uh, she's trying it with him, and he, he kind of gets it. Like, he was sitting in the potty with his diaper off. Yeah. And do nothing, and then he will stand up, put that back on, 
sit back down and then he would poop. So it's like he kind of gets what the idea is, but he doesn't know to not do it in the diaper at this point. He's probably just a little weirded out. Like, what's going to catch it if right. I don't wear this diaper? Judah, I um, I just go sit on the toilet. I put him on his potty and I and I sit on the toilet and I just stare at him and see if, <laughs> see if he's going to get it at some point. I don't know. I don't know. No, our first attempt, we um we put him in a a, a baggy t-shirt with no diaper, and he's in this baggy t-shirt running around the house. He has a little trampoline, a little indoor trampoline, right? He gets on the trampoline and he lets out about three turds, and they wasn't no hard ones. They was like little soft, mushy ones, and they just yeah. got squished into the fibers of the trampoline. And I'm like, yo, at that point, I was like, yeah, I think I might want to restart with Junior, just just start all over again. Just reboot. You did something wrong. Reboot. Man, I um you ever heard of a rainbow baby? Mm-mm. So those are babies like a rainbow baby is when you lost a baby and then you have another one, right? Mm-hmm. So he's a double rainbow baby. And basically this kid seems like multiple children like put together. Because of everything he does is like just extra and he is the most extra dramatic but like amazing kid super smart super aggressive like he's all boy i'm like man am i ready am i really ready for this like i kind of feel like work takes away from my family yeah it does of course it I does feel like it does like the time that i'm at work i could be really pouring into my kids like spending time with my wife and and bonding in that way like you know work gives us I'm a provider, right? It gives mm-hmm. me a means to provide, but it's the time that you can't get back. So I'm thankful kind of the virus has changed the aspect of how my family kind of operates. When I, I, I used to have a three hour commute, like between both directions each day. So an hour right. and a half one way and an hour and a half back. By the time I was getting home, Kadir had like one hour to be awake and even see me. So that's like no time. Like I'm not able to even spend no time with them. Now that the virus is here, I'm driving to work and parking or my wife is, you know, they're bringing me to work and picking me up. So mm-hmm. my time has been cut down. Like I can get home at like 545 sometimes. And that's which is so. amazing. Yeah. It's really like, you can't get. I cherish this time, man. You can't get this time back. You gotta make the best of it, man. That's one of the things with during this time, get to know your kids, man. I mean, I know we kind of, as parents, get burnt out and we need a break. But at the end of the day, what would your life be without your kids? Mm-hmm. And to those that really are doing this thing right, if you're going to be in a relationship with somebody, I don't have to worry about co-parenting problems because I don't, you know, I don't have any kids outside of my marriage. But be a parent, man. Like, spend some time with your kids. If I, I get it could be hard, so I, I can't speak for what shoes nobody is standing in, but don't be spiteful. Put all that to the side and get to know your kids, man. Really spend time with them because it, it affects them. It really does some damage. People don't understand that. They don't understand that at all. Uh, and we should understand because most of us, African-American men, come from not having our fathers really mm-hmm. in our lives or having difficult relationships with them. And I got to the point now that I know that my issues with my dad probably stem from issues that he had with his dad or what he didn't receive from his parents and vice versa. So I'm trying to work on that as well. You know what I'm saying? For my own self. Right. So that I can be a better father to my kids. Now, I mean, my dad, he 
he was there kind of late, but, you know, he tried. He Could he have done more? Could he have done better? Yes. As you know, I have a sister, different dad. That man, yo, when I tell you that man stepped up, it's crazy. The stuff that he had to go through, the stuff that his family said about him, because my mom was still pregnant when they got together. Wow. He got with a pregnant chick. Wow. I never took knew that. full responsibility of everything. Wow. And his family, man, they gave it to him. And he didn't care, yo. He stepped up and he was like, this little boy's going to have a man in his life. And it's he made sure purpose. of it. He made all sure of it. Purpose, man. That's them, them unsung. Like, being a parent, you feel kind of, sometimes you feel like underappreciated, right? Mm-hmm. But when your kids, I strive for the day that my kid is able to thank me and understand, like, not even just like, not even just like, oh, thank you, dad. Like, I mean, like, really, as a man, like, my boys coming to me and like, thank you for being an example to me. Mm-hmm. That's because that's what you're talking about right now. Somebody that is, you know, you're going against everything everybody said to do something that you believe in is for a better cause. Like, what would you be today if he wasn't in your life? Man, I have no idea, bro. <laughs> but back to us being parents. Yeah. One thing that I am like really grateful for is the support that we had, man. Because I know you heard it. I know everybody heard it. It takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. That shit ain't no joke. It's not. They man. not lying. It takes so much to raise one child. And then these dudes out here be expecting they baby moms or whoever to just raise this child. They get the chick pregnant. And then they want to go out and do stuff that they've been doing while she at home raising four, five, six kids. Cut that shit out. That shit is hard. It was hard for me, Geneva, and my mom to raise Junior. He is a handful. And for people to have to raise five, six, seven kids by themselves. Like I said, it it takes two to tango, Mm -hmm. right? But at the same time, like, you got to be, something got to be wrong with you to just not have no empathy or sympathy for a situation. Somebody, for one, what kind of life are you affording your children if you're not present? Exactly. I don't even know, man. I don't know. And like you said, it does take a village. I'm very thankful for, at different times, my family's been able to to step in and, and help us out in some trying times, man, for real. Mm-hmm. Like my mom basically uh, babysat for us for like the entire first year of, of Judah's life. And so that was, you know, that was very helpful. So we could kind of get going, you know, now she's got some things in her health and stuff that she's got to deal with. And he is a handful, like you said. So, you know, we're figuring out how we're going to parent and work and do all the responsibilities that we got to do and basically not have that same support. Obviously with the virus and all that, daycare, I'm I'm really trying to send my kid to daycare until he's able to talk. Yeah, I said the same yeah. exact thing. So, you know, we'll figure it out. That's what it is, man. You figure it out. Figure out the problems as they come. That's what parenting is. Yeah, it's very true. And then, like I said, man, that's support. Y'all. If y'all got a support system, do not burn those bridges. Do not. I don't care how old your child get. Do not burn those bridges. Yo, you are always going to need help. I don't care how much you think you know. You will always need help. At some point, man, whether it's even just somebody getting transportation. Yeah. You know? Like driving you somewhere at a point where you need to. Like uh, my brother drove us to the hospital. My the baby actually had a seizure early on in his life. He's like three months old. He had a seizure, Mm -hmm. and um, like we were in full panic. I I'd never experienced nothing like that before. And my brother, you know, was able to remain calm. Drove us to the to the hospital, and um, 
you know, he got the car back to us. He was able to get us to and from the hospital each time to make sure everything was good and just not having to even worry about paying for parking and figuring all that stuff out. That support system is key, man. Mm-hmm. And like now with this whole virus thing going on, me and Geneva, we got sick from this virus. And my aunt came from Jersey to watch Junior for us while we recovered. And then, you know, Geneva recovered, went back to him. And um, unfortunately, I'm still here quarantining. (laughs) But, yeah, that support system, man. That support system is real. Man, shout out my aunt for that. <laughs> Thank you. Shout out to mom. Thank you for for keeping them all that time. We needed that. Like, that's key, bro. What would you change, if anything, about your experience so far? One thing I would change, honestly, one thing I would change is the way I handled the entire nine-month pregnancy. <laughs> I went about that completely wrong because, like I said, I had no fucking idea how bad it was. I had yeah. no clue. I'm like, she sees people on TV acting this way, so now, oh, I'm pregnant. I can act this way now, too. No. Mm-mm. It's not that at all. Those those changes are real. Yeah. And I would um, I would just, I would do better. You know, like, make it more, a lot more comfortable for her. Yeah. I kind of, I, I don't even know, man. There were some times where I look back and I can think during that same period of time, like, man, I wish I could have been better. There's still times now I'm like, I try to do everything I can to, to, you know, carry my part and do my part and make sure she's able to get some time out by herself um, because it's a team, it's a team sport. Right. Yeah. So I'm trying to make sure that she's in the opportunity to, to be at her 100%, be the best at this. If she needs some time to to get herself together so she can be the best mom to my kids as she can be. So, you know, I let her, I send her for massages and things like that. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it all is going to tie back to my family unit functioning at 100%. So my kids need, they deserve the best. I want them to have the best. And so that means wanting them to have the best mother. So I do what I can to support her. I hear you, bro. Man, I would say overall, this is the greatest experience in my life, though. For real. I mean, as a package. Like, it's hard. It is hard, yo. Sometimes I'm at my wit's end. I don't know, like, like, like wins and losses, man. Like, I, I cherish every win. Like, all them losses and the things that I did wrong. Like, times where, so, for instance, becoming a father – like period, like in the beginning, stuff that I was like, how I was handling Kadir, like mm-hmm. how I thought I should be a parent to him was not, is not at all how I am a parent to him now. Like, and that was due to our different times where she was checking me like, yo, nah, you handled that wrong. Do, do better in that way. And okay. I had to check myself like, all right, I'm a, I'm, I re, I just changed. I spent more time thinking about Kadir than I did myself. And I still do, honestly. I think more about him and the baby, but even more specifically him, because he was already at a certain point in his life. Like the baby's mm-hmm. gonna be fine. He's gonna be fine. He has both his parents, he got his brother. You know, we want he's gonna be fine. He lives a happy life. He don't know what's going on right now. But his brother, <laughs> his brother just turned eleven. I'm trying to make up for all the lost time that, that little boy didn't have with a good father in his life. Mm-hmm. Right? And he's, you know, like, he's 
building a relationship with his dad as well. So, you know, that's, we, yeah, that's what's up. We figured that out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to dim his light for, you know, being in my place in his life. Mm-hmm. So if we, you know, we can figure that out. Like if he needs time to go and wants to do something with his pops, that's all good. Go ahead and do you. Cause I want at the end of the day, I want you to become the best man that you can be. And I'll feel great about mm-hmm. that. That's what's up, man. Yeah. Overall for me, you already said it as cliche as it sounds. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me Yeah, is becoming a dad. And on top of that, I got my boy first, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got my I'm, boy. I'm terrified. Like, I don't want no more. But the thought of possibly having a girl is terrifying to me. Yeah, I don't even want to speak on that. I don't want to speak it into existence, bro. <laughs> I don't want no little girl. But, uh, it's, like, it's like a combination of I don't want a little girl because I feel like this can be a whole nother episode, bro. Honestly. Hold up, let me guess. You about to say because of how you is it because of how you interacted with females? This this this, this can be a whole nother episode. Let's say <laughs> we it might we might have Let's to say that. this one. We're gonna table talk that one. Yeah, you might have to say this one for later. I think well, I'll admit, I did want Judah to be a girl. Cause then within without a doubt in my mind, I could have been done. I got cut ear and I would have a little girl. That's mm-hmm. two. You can't do no better than that. Goodness, bro. Just the thought of that of having a little girl, bro, man. Yeah, I, I think I'm. Um, I think we're gonna wrap this one up right here. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna say yeah. that one for later, for real, for real. Cause that's a that's a lot. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. Like, that's different. But I'm proud yeah. of you, though, bro. You, Same. Like, you, even all, like, all our friends, like, our little, what, four-man squad. Yeah, it ain't much of us. <laughs> it ain't much of us, but, you know, between me, you, Ilias, and Hodges, all that. We all dads, had our kids, and we all right. got our little boys. Right. We got a little, we need uh, somebody to have a little, another little boy. We got to start in five. Who else though? Who else going? Who who can we wish this on right now? Let's let's wish it on somebody. On my sister and Terrell. Okay. He already an athlete. I'm gonna speak it into existence. Okay. All right. They they gonna have a little boy. I don't know. I don't know when, but soon, like maybe the next year to two years, somewhere in that window. All right. Well, who can I call on? I guess since you did just this, I'm going to call Danielle out. Danielle, I need me a little nephew. Somebody you can send home. You've been chosen. I guess that's that's it, guess man. That's today's episode. That's it. We dove in. It's an yeah. important topic, man. It's an important topic. Being a father. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to the Eye to Eye podcast. This is Joe. This is John. And we'll get it, y'all, next time. <laughs>